My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Storylines Live, the podcast where we explore the meaning and the power of the most important story in business. The one that answers why someone would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. This is the story that defines the very character and nature of an organization. We call it your capital S story. In each episode, we feature guests who have great insights on business storytelling, who can share their experiences and key learnings to help you and your business do a better job of sharing your capital S story to deliver remarkable business results. Today, we're honored to have Diane Helbig as our guest. Diane is an internationally recognized business and leadership development advisor, author, award-winning speaker, and workshop facilitator. And surprisingly, she's not tired from all that work. Diane works with her clients to create, implement, and monitor individualized strategies that result in better communication increased performance, and more significant results. Diane, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. It's great to have you. Um, anything that I missed in terms of the highlights of your background there? Uh, gosh, I don't think so. I, I think that pretty much covers it. Good, good. Awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you having that there and, and sharing that with us. Now, another one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on as a guest on Storylines Live is because you are also a podcaster and you have a highly rated podcast, one of the top rated podcasts in the world. In fact, tell us a little bit about your podcast. So it's called Accelerate Your Business Growth. And I interview uh, experts in various areas of business and folks like you uh, share that expertise with my listeners. And the goal is 
that the listeners gather the information that they need that they can take into their business and make improvements and do better and be happier and all that great stuff. Absolutely. And it was an honor to be on your podcast. Uh, great to have you. Podcast. I highly recommend it. I'll mention this more than once. Uh, we will have links to it in the show notes so okay. that you, our great listeners, can go and check it out for yourself, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. So, Diane, one of the things that we do uh, in every episode is we ask at the very beginning about our guests' interpretation of the Capital S story. And you were kind enough to share with us that of the four questions I described, why would somebody buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you, that the one that's most interesting and most relevant for your work is why would somebody buy from you? Can you share with our listeners a little bit of your thinking behind that? Sure. Um, so I don't have employees or, you know, don't need investors, whatever, but right. people do hire me. And yes. I believe that the reason they hire me is because they know I'm going to uh, be honest with them and mm while being their biggest fan, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I call myself a pragmatic possibilities thinker. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So that's my superpower, living in reality while thinking about the possibilities. So th those two come together fairly well for my clients. Right, right. And and so what you're helping clients do many times is, is help them achieve greater business results, right? Yes, and yes. What, what's a typical engagement look like for you? So uh, it varies depending on what's going on with them. It can look like uh, just being that advisor, just mm -hmm. listening to what's going on with them and then giving them things to think about differently. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be, uh, I have a client right now who really needs needed systems, you know, put together yeah. great. She, you know, very successful, but felt like she could not get out. Uh, she couldn't take a week off, right? right? So it's about empowering other people, thinking about things differently, letting go, all of those things that a lot of small business owners struggle with. Right. She really was struggling with. So, so when you're looking to engage with people who can benefit most from working with you, how does your story help you? How do you use your story in reaching the people that you help? So I think a big part of my story is really, you know, attached to why I went into this business, mm -hmm. which was watching small business owners struggle and thinking to myself, wow, they don't need to be doing that. Like I can see what's happening mm -hmm. and I can see what could be happening. And I, it, there's no reason for the frustration and the struggle and the not being able to sell and all those things. And I thought, you know, I can take all of my experience and bring it to small business owners. I've always worked in small business. My dad was a small business owner. And I can bring all of that knowledge and experience and help. And so when I look at it that way and I share that with them and some of the things that I've seen small business owners struggle with, they make that connection. It makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been doing this for a while and obviously yes. you have a passion for it. Yeah. What Was there a tipping point or some event that happened that led you to say, you know what, I can help other people? There absolutely was. Uh, my father passed away suddenly in late 2005. 
Oh, sorry to hear that. Thank you. And I had two small children, was working full time, uh, you know, just life, right? Yes. And and I and through the process of talking with my siblings and and going through that, it was a life-changing moment for me. I thought I want to do something that has more of an impact on the world wow. than being a salesperson, which at the time it is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I just started exploring and listening to feedback from people who knew me very well and landed on, this is exactly what I should be doing. It was a total aha. Wow. I couldn't have done it before because everything I did led me to this place. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and perfect decision. So when your father passed away, did you have to take over his business for a while? No, I didn't. He was a real estate broker in Florida and I live in Ohio. And so his, we had to deal with some of the um, realtors that that he worked with, but really I just had to um, make sure my siblings and I just had to clean everything out and make sure that all of his affairs were taken care of. During this time period, you'd had this idea that you would start your own business. And you said you had two small children as well. What was that like? So the six-year-old and the nine-year-old, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, they were very young. And um, and I had a, a secure job. They were making decisions that weren't necessarily in my best interest mm-hmm. at the time. And after my father died, that became really apparent. Um, and interestingly, I was, I think I was channeling my father because I was mm-hmm. tremendously calm. I knew it was going to work. I knew I was going to launch this thing. I had no fear. My husband was nervous because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> two small kids, you know, whatever. Uh, but I said to him, first of all, we have to assume I'm going to be successful. And second of all, it's not the last decision I ever have to make. So if I wasn't successful, I could go get a job. It, it wasn't, you know, like this was... Yes. Whatever, but I I was pretty confident that this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. So for me, I was really calm. And it changed the whole dynamic in our house. Things were calmer in our house. There wasn't as much stress about getting people, you know, everywhere they needed to be and and all those things. There was a lot more flexibility, which was also one of the reasons that I did it. Well, that's great. I can also sense from listening to you share your story that a lot of what you went through personally wound up being, well, let's say elements or ingredients in the recipe that you share with your clients today, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that resonates with them because they know I've been where they are or, you know, I've had similar experiences or I've had clients who have had similar experiences. It's really important. Yeah, and I can relate to what you're sharing as well because, uh, you know, our firm, WordWrite, has been in business for 21 years, and we went through a very similar thing. I think our two daughters were six and eight or maybe eight and ten. I should go back and look (laughs) when we started the business, and it was the same sort of a thing. Becoming an entrepreneur uh, allowed me, allowed us as a family to be able to spend more time together. I did work crazy 100-hour weeks in the beginning, which I think is pretty common, right? You went through yeah. that. Yeah. 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 But, it, but you do it because you want everything in your world to be the way, like I always say, yeah. I wanted to be the victim of my own decisions, not someone else's. Right. Right. 
Yeah. So I did. Yeah, I, w- I had a very similar experience. Um, I would come up with ideas when I worked for big corporate America and somebody would tell me that it wasn't a good idea. And then later on, that idea got implemented by somebody else in the company. And I'd say to myself, well, I guess I had a good idea, even though, and I got tired of being, uh, you know, yeah. subjugated to uh, somebody else's decisions. I wanted to be, appropriately enough, the architect of my own story, right? Right. To be writing yes. my own my own chapters, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Now, a quick side note, you mentioned that you're in Ohio. Whereabouts? Uh, Lakewood, a suburb of Cleveland. Oh, no kidding. I'm a I'm a Cleveland native. We'll have to chat about more about that later. Oh, we will. Yes. Maybe sometime we can we can visit in person as well as uh, being together on the podcast. I think that that would be uh, really great. Um, so just in general, I mean, when you had me on your podcast, obviously the subject of that episode was storytelling. So just what's Diane's definition of storytelling, uh, how it gets used in business? I would say my definition is um, really, uh, how do I want to say this? Paying attention mm-hmm. to whoever you're talking to so that the stories that you tell are relevant to the conversation, right? So like I do a lot of training and I tell stories all the time when I'm training to help bridge the gap for the people in the audience. If they tell me something, a lot of times I can tell them a story so they know I get it. Yes. And and I think that's really valuable, right? It gives credibility. It it helps people feel um, like they know you right? And you know yeah. them. So there's a trust factor involved with storytelling. I, I think storytelling is a critical part of business development and engaging with anybody, really. It doesn't have to be a client. doesn't have to be just anybody who you're with. And, and I will tell you that when I network, I will say to people, instead of what do you do, which I think is a terrible question, I will say, so Great. tell me your story. Yes. Because that's what they want to talk about. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I want to hear. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I'm confident, Diane, that when the first person who figured out how to start a fire on purpose told the second person how to do it, that it was in the form of a story. What do you think? Right. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. And, you know, in our work, we've learned that there's been, especially in recent years, so much brain research that demonstrates that in order for people in any endeavor, but certainly in business, to remember a concept or remember you or remember the value that you bring to a specific situation, it's the story that grabs them, which is why I love what you share there. That's really great. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Diane Helbig of Helbig Enterprises, talking about how she brings value to her clients and the role that storytelling plays in that. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? 
Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Storylines Live, the podcast that explores the power of the most important story in business. The one that answers why somebody would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you, we call it the capital S story. Today, we're visiting with Diane Helbig of Helbig Enterprises. She is a consultant, a coach, a speaker, a workshop facilitator, an author, a podcast host, and occasionally, I think maybe, Diane, you do sleep, right? Some. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, let's really dig into uh, your journey a little bit. And uh, you've got all of these things that you're involved in. Where did you start when you decided to begin your business? Were you a speaker first or a coach or where did it start? Uh, So I was a coach first, Mm -hmm. uh, but I also did workshops Yes, because I had realized that that was a good way for me to get in front of people and be able to show what I knew and could do and what, how I methodology. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I did both. Did that lead then to becoming a speaker? How did that happen? It did. So um, I also had learned that one of the best ways to market yourself as a coach is to do public speaking. So I just, you know, took a couple topics that I could speak on. And I had a pretty good network already in the Cleveland area. And so I just let people know this is what I was doing. And Chambers started bringing me in and it just rolled from there. Uh, and, And I did a before COVID, I did a lot of Yes. Yes, for sure. COVID changed a lot of things. Yes. Uh, some of them good, a lot of them not so good. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've seen that's been more beneficial um, is people do connect uh, over distance, uh, whether it's for a podcast or just to, to use Zoom for other purposes, yeah. which, which has been beneficial for us for sure and, and our company because now we're able to eliminate the old geographic limitation right? right if you weren't in cleveland the likelihood that you would work with somebody uh in cleveland if you were i, I happen to be in pittsburgh so yeah. we don't have to fight about our sports teams during the- <laughs> we won't we can do that later um anyway that has changed uh for the better for sure but as as you point out it's changed the dynamic in terms of in-person interaction where, where does that stand for you are, are you back to doing more things in person in your work I actually am. This year's been great. And I prefer in person. Yes. So, right. So you do what you have to do, but I would much rather be in a room where I can really uh, connect with people. I mean, myself and uh, in, in our work, we find that there are just certain situations where it's just better to be in person. I would imagine that is true for you as well. Mm-hmm. You said earlier in, in the episode uh, today that you can be both blunt and honest while at the same time being caring. That would be really hard to do over Zoom, wouldn't it? It is. It it it, it depends on it, it depends on so many things. It depends yeah. on the if they have their camera on, yeah. if right. I know they're you know, right? If if we can really engage, yeah, it, it depends. 
on a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I, I so prefer in person and it's, it's gotten so much better this year. We are back yeah. to a lot more let's, and you know, we're, we're um, social animals. So we yes. want really to be engaging with people. So I'm thrilled that we're back. Yeah, I, I am too. I read a, a story just yesterday from the Washington post about the value of singing and singing in a group, even if you suck as a singer. Really? I think, yes, I think that's sort of a corollary to what you're talking about. There's just because we are social animals, uh, our our brain power, our emotional connection, our ability to be present is enhanced so much when we're we're around other people. Yeah. So, so when when you look at your own business, Diane, what, what is the most frequent request that you get for your services? The most frequent request. Yeah, what's your most popular service or how do you most often work with your clients? So uh, I'm going to say it's sales, Mm -hmm. coaching, and training. Mm -hmm. Because most small business owners don't know how to sell. And they're taught or they observe. And so they absorb ways of selling that Mm -hmm. don't work. Yes. And they're really frustrated and they keep doing things that don't work. And so, which is weird to me, but they do. So once they say, okay, wait, uh, this just isn't working for me. That that's probably one. And one of my favorites, I I have a real passion area for helping people learn how to sell better. So. Well, tell our listeners a little bit, what is the common mistake that entrepreneurs keep making over and over again in selling? Uh, they try to sell, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so so they should hire somebody professional or? No, no. It's, that's such a great question. No, I think we have to stop focusing on selling. Yes. And that we need to focus on learning. Ah, wow. And being curious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so so tell us more about that. Is Does that mean listening to your prospect more or? It does. It means asking more questions, okay. asking some better questions and, and really um, holding on to the question, like not letting the prospect say, that's not something I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about that or I'm, I don't know. We, there are certain things we need to know. And I don't think small business owners or salespeople for that matter, go deep enough. Yes. They don't ask enough questions. They don't really listen to the answers with an eye toward can I help them? And do I want to help them? Mm -hmm. Because those are the only two things that end up mattering at the end. Especially small business owners are so focused on revenue that they don't think about profit and Mm -hmm. they don't think about whether it's a good fit. So they end up getting clients that are terrible for them and don't realize the negative impact it has on their business long-term, you know, moving forward. It's in my estimation, it's tragic. It doesn't have to be that way. So what I say to them is stop talking, ask questions, yes, and listen, and then connect what you're hearing to what you offer, if you can. Gets rid of objections. I mean, it, just, it does so many great things, and it makes the process so much more enjoyable yes. than doing all this convincing, persuading, you know, having to be really eloquent and slick and giving a presentation and all that stuff. No, no, I, 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 I so agree with you. You know, uh, 
it, life in general, there's a, an old saying that the best conversationalists hardly say anything. They're great listeners, right? Yes. Uh, and you know, when Del you, Carnegie. Yeah, right. When you go to a party or something and somebody says, boy, he was a great conversationalist. What did he say? Oh, he just listened to me, right? And right. what you're saying is that's what we need to be doing in sales. That's exactly right. Because mm -hmm. exactly, they're not listening anyway. The minute you start talking, yes. they stop listening because you're not talking about what matters to them. You're talking about what you want to sell them. Yes. It, it's just totally, you know, we just need to flip it around and, and change that whole mindset. Yeah. You know, when we work with clients to help them share their story better in sales situations, one of the mm -hmm. first things we're looking at is that presentation. And it, it needs to be stripped of all the here's all the awards we won this here's uh pictures of the office dog or cat you know um iso this and that technical this and that it's yeah. you know um i was with a, a business group speaking myself not too long ago and one of the ceos in the room said the best sales conversations begin with a blank sheet of paper and a list of questions and i thought that exactly right genius right Yes. So uh, tell our listeners, Diane, who's an ideal client for you and your services? Oh, thanks for asking that. It really is any small business owner who mm -hmm. struggles in their business and doesn't have uh, that resource of someone they trust who they know is going to be truthful with them mm -hmm. while being um, supportive and and positive, right? Solution focused, I guess I will say for whatever the situation is. Doesn't matter the industry, doesn't matter the location. Um, they have to want to get help. You know, yes. they have to be open to yes. uh, some ideas. And, and I offer everyone a complimentary 30 minute phone consultation because it's the best way for both of us to identify if it mm -hmm. makes sense for us to work together moving forward that's great and folks will make note of that in the in the show notes so that if you're interested in chatting more uh with diane you can uh take advantage of her her offer there um diane there's lots of people out there who do sales training or the kind of coaching that you do yeah. what would you say is is the main differentiator between you and a lot of the other organizations that you compete against I would say the biggest differentiator is that I don't try and fit anyone into a canned process. Mm -hmm. There are things you have to do in sales. How you do them has an awful lot to do with who you are, mm -hmm. what's comfortable for you, who your clients are, past experiences with clients, things like that. And so my approach is completely organic. I get to know you. And your clients and talk about, okay, here are your options. Now let's work out a strategy that you're going to implement because it's comfortable for you. Because there's no point in me giving you one that you're not going to do. Right. And I think that happens a lot with sales training companies. Uh, I, I agree. There's a lot of cookie cutter solutions out there. And, and that's right. where working with somebody like you can be really beneficial because you're going to tailor what's needed to the situation facing your client. Absolutely. Without putting you on the spot, um, and certainly if it doesn't make sense to, to name names, can you give our listeners just a quick synopsis of, of a success story 
you've had working with someone. Sure. Thank you. I would love to. So um, I had a, a client that was a banquet center and catering company. Mm -hmm. And as we were working together and they were talking about how they wanted to improve revenue and how clients came to them, uh, we started talking about the catering side of the business because that was the side that they could really pursue the yeah. prospect to, right? And um, as we were having that conversation, I, I discovered that they weren't tracking their current clients to see when someone dropped off. Oh, they, wow. they realized that months down the road, yes, yeah. but they weren't realizing it, like when it happened. Mm -hmm. And so we implemented a system where they ran a report once a month and they knew the cadence of their clients so they could catch if someone stopped yeah. and they could reach out to them to see what was going on. Because usually it was whoever was ordering had moved on to another company. It was a simple, uh, right? Okay. They hadn't done anything wrong, but you don't know these things. And, and it is part of, continuing to engage with your clients even after you make the sale because yes. you need to know what's going on with them, right? You need to continue to build that relationship. So we implemented this system and their revenues soared, right? Simple thing, you yes. would think, but it's hard to see these things when you're inside the bubble. Exactly. Yeah. I, there's a, uh, a consultant that I follow who says, it's hard to see the label on the jar when you're inside it, right? Right, right. So, you, you, you know, the, or the forest and the trees, ex yeah. right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. Diane, it's been great to have you with us today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think our listeners need to know? You know, um, I don't think so. I, I think we pretty much covered it. You got the idea of who yeah. I am and, and <laughs> how I'm older. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you here. Diane, please give our listeners a sense of where they can reach you. Thanks. So the best place to go is my website, which is helbigenterprises.com. Uh, there they can sign up for that complimentary 30-minute phone consult. Uh, they can listen to episodes of my podcast. They can get a free chapter of Succeed Without Selling, uh, my most recent book. They can check me out, see a lot of what's going on. That's great, Diane. Thanks for sharing that. And folks, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, we will share those links in the show notes so you can reach out uh, to Diane directly. Diane, it's been great for me to learn how you work with your clients and, and where storytelling fits in the mix. I'm going to remember, um, I thought it was a good idea uh, before today's conversation, but you've reinforced it in a way that really hits home. Listen, listen for the stories of the people that you work with. That's what's really important to them. And if it's important to them, it's going to be important to you and your success. Diane, thanks again for being here today for this episode of Storylines Live. Thank you. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.